Welcome to the Caring Advisor Podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Elizabeth Brickman, the Caring Advisor. Would you like to experience financial happiness? As a former finance professional credentialed in biblical finance, I want to help you close the gaps, heal the hurts, and put God at the center of your finances. On today's episode, we're going to talk about anger and how to receive God's help. You know, on the Caring Advisor podcast, we've been looking at a host of financial emotions to see if we can find the root causes of some of them and expose the hidden harm of some of them and choose differently so we can get a different result in our financial happiness. Some time ago, we had a very well-received episode on worry. I'll provide a link in the show notes if you'd like to check that one out. But today's episode is about financial anger that sometimes is more like fury. Now, where worry was about tomorrow, anger is about yesterday. Worry looks to the future in distress. Anger looks behind us back to the past with a different, very cruel brand of distress. Anger is often accompanied by its band of brothers, unforgiveness and blame. Anger addresses the deficits in other people who are not you. Anger, unforgiveness, and blame are all undigested unfairness. Undigested unfairness. Have you ever eaten a meal that you just couldn't digest? It just would not process one that just it it just wouldn't move through your system and move out well anger is about undigested unfairness and if you're looking for a financial unfairness i'm sorry to say you won't have to look far first we have all these human beings around us who may mean well but are so flawed and making mistakes about fairness no matter how hard they try And we say to ourselves, what are they thinking? How can they do this? And then we're looking at what they're doing through our own flawed lens of our misperceptions based on our own former wounds and unwritten paradigms. Sometimes we take offense or we're angered by something that is realistically no one's fault or might not even be considered a wrong at all. So we start with imperfect others relating to our imperfect selves, but then we throw a third group into this motley mix. I call them the wolves. These are persons who do not mean well, do not try at all. People who may be completely negligent or even aggressively evil or malicious, and it could happen by something dramatic like swindling you out of a lot of money or more commonly might be something smaller but no less irritating because you know their intent and it is not fair or good. Maybe it's the business that forgot to give you a store credit and won't fix it or the one who overpromised and undelivered on a service. 20 years ago, Guy and I paid for a remodel of our kitchen, and the entire warehouse, including the owner, got hooked on drugs and could not complete the job. We had to pay an outsider to fix it. 
Or maybe it's someone who sold you something of inferior quality or someone who borrowed money and never returned it. My husband and I have also been angered when we have given to someone a large financial gift and it was not properly thanked. But these are all minor issues. Some financial anger is for very serious and cruel issues, such as when a trusted friend breaks faith and almost breaks you financially in the process, or an employer dumps you after years of faithful service, or a business partner embezzles. I was once swindled out of an entire year's income by an employer who fled the country. Or a thief steals. A friend of mine had someone come to the door and tell her they had to do something in her backyard. And while she was in the backyard with the person, the a partner of that criminal um, got into her house and took all her jewelry. Um, when I was very young, my aunt's coin collection was stolen in a burglary. Sometimes a spouse abandons. There's a woman on my prayer list right now who is a young mother of three struggling to get her deadbeat husband to just fulfill his child's support. What is he thinking? My own grandparents lost their resort hotel, which was their life's work, by a huckster who bought it, paid only the first two installment payments, and left my grandparents penniless in their 70s. Their life's work down the drain. My rage boils at such injustice. Dear one, has someone hurt you? What is your story? You deserve to be angry, and I'm angry for you. But know this, anger carries a number of big risks. Risks I know God wants to spare you from if you'll let him. Let me give you a few of those. For one thing, anger keeps us trapped in the past. You will never be able to move forward because anger is like a straitjacket keeping you bound and miserable. Nothing can get through that straitjacket, not opportunity, not love, not even miracles. Another risk of anger is that it makes us vulnerable. It's an altered state, and from that altered state, we might seize an unwise or even illegal method to supposedly make things right. Sometimes the ill-advised action we take to dispose of our anger creates an even worse situation. Anger makes us vulnerable. Another risk of anger is energy bad energy that has no place to go. Anger is energy searching frantically for an exit out of our tense and furious minds and bodies. And sadly, sometimes that anger finds the wrong exit and vents onto the wrong person who is often a trusted spouse or parent or other loved one who had been on our side until we pushed them away by venting anger. So now we have two agonizing problems, the original injustice and now the compound interest of damaged relationships from venting our bad moods and transferring our fury onto the innocent. 
but there's more. Another risk of carrying anger is that it is physically unhealthy. Angry people are more prone to heart attacks. The Bible says that a calm and undisturbed mind and heart are life and health to the body. But the worst risk of all of carrying anger is that God does not want us to carry around unresolved anger. He doesn't even want us to be around angry people. So carrying anger makes us become the very person God tells others to avoid. This seems impossible. Proverbs twenty-two twenty-four in the Amplified Version says, to make no friendships with a man given to anger, and with a wrathful man do not associate, lest you learn his ways and get yourself into a snare. You know what a snare is. It's a trap. So how do we possibly dispose of this monster of anger? Well, life is <laughs> so unfair. And you know the most unfair thing of all? Salvation in Jesus Christ. Think about it. We get to have all our sins forgiven and one day just skate into heaven all because Jesus of Nazareth paid our bill, took our debt, and gave his life. You talk about unfairness. So for you and I, let's start small. If your anger is over something small, soothe yourself by God's assurance in Proverbs 19.11 that it is to our glory to overlook an offense. Really, really, let it go. Trust God to make up the difference. Or if it's a moderate situation, a small to medium financial injustice, you'll want to take reasonable measured action for a just resolution. Pursue the matter, making sure, though, that your words and demeanor are fitting to a representative of Christ, which is you, This is hard, but it must be so. And then we have those big cases, the life-changing financial grievances, the ones that are seemingly unfixable and unfathomable, those situations in which there will be no restitution and no request by the offender for forgiveness. The only way you will survive the straitjacket is to take it off and offer it to the Lord. Otherwise, anger will squeeze us to death and spit us out and make the enemy of our soul very happy. Now, the Bible tells us to avoid lawsuits unless absolutely necessary. In some cases, a lawsuit is the only lawful action you can take, and I trust you know the difference. Even if you go through a lawsuit, how are you going to handle it on the inside? Well, humanly, there is no way. There's no trick. There's no hack. So we must go to a higher authority because God can do what you and I cannot do. Here's what I suggest, which has worked for me on several occasions. And I pray with humility, I will never have to dig this deeply again. But do this. Take the grievance, the grievous grievance, package it tightly into that straitjacket you were wearing, you know, the one that had you all bound up, 
and offer that whole outrageous detestable package to God. You're not letting the offender off the hook. You are offering that hook to the Lord. Let God be the one to judge and punish your offender. You can trust he will be harsher than you ever could. Don't stand in God's way. Continue to pursue justice, but let your mind and heart be clean of the fury. This act of forgiveness, offering the offense for God to personally handle and not yourself, will make no sense to you, but will reverberate powerfully in the heavens. In the unseen world, your forgiveness sets an army against your betrayer. Let it be so. Go forward. Never let yourself get straightjacketed by an outrageous, unfair past. You're still seeking justice, only removing yourself as the one to execute justice. Believe me, that unrepentant offender is far worse off in God's hands than in yours. I shudder to think of the danger they are in. But your anger, it only gets in God's way. Will yourself to let it go. Allow the Lord to take over your heart and maybe the offender's heart too. But what about restitution, you may ask? Well, it can come via many creative channels depending on God's will for that situation. Once you've taken yourself out of the picture, God may lead the offender to repentance and restitution, or God can provide for you through an entirely different source, or he, the Lord, can provide you with the unexpected means to replace what was lost, or he might free you from any desire or need to replace it. There are thousands of creative scenarios possible. Some of the worst stories do have amazing happy endings. God can find a pearl in the rubble of your financial woe. He is able to do far more than we would ever ask or dare to imagine, more than our highest prayers, hopes, or dreams. So pray about your situation, but pray in peace, not in anger. If you write me, I'll pray with you. Bye for now. Let's continue our conversation. Subscribe and be notified when the next episode airs. And if this has helped you find financial happiness, please share it. Let's close the gaps, heal the hurts, and put God at the center of our finances. Come visit me at elizabethbrickman.com, where subscribers receive additional content. And thanks to my co-producer and audio engineer, Tyler Harrison.